Welcome along to The Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team. I'm joined today by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague Dominic Trimboli. This week we'll be discussing our 1-0 win over Leeds United, which came, of course, following that disappointing derby defeat at Brentford. Plus, we look ahead to Friday night's FA Cup tie at home to Sheffield Wednesday. And on top of all that, we'll be sitting down with a man who has made a stunning start to 2020 with a professional debut, followed by two more appearances, including that man-of-the-match performance against Leeds United, Connor Masterson. This is The Loftcast. Well, Tom Sins, thanks very much for joining us. And uh, Sins, how has your, your week been? Yeah, it's been really good, actually. It's always better when you've won a game. It's uh, a lot better this week than what it was last week. You know, uh, I think the mood of anyone at the club, uh, fans... Uh, can get determined by what happens on a Saturday and the manner of the, the result, the performance. So uh, after Brentford, it wasn't great, but uh, yeah, this week's been really, really good. It's incredible, isn't it? Like you say, after one particular result, it can really impact on the mood. But now as we sit here, you look back on our last four fixtures in all competitions and we've won three of them and against tough opposition as well. So there's certainly plenty of cause for optimism. Before we look at the Leeds game, we'll reference the Brentford fixture and after the the 6-1 win and the 5-1 win uh, against Cardiff and Swansea. Going into the Brentford game, there was a, a real feeling of, of hope. But, I mean, the, the manager said afterwards that the first half display just wasn't good enough. And sadly, it's not the first time we've said that um, after playing Brentford. But it, it was a, particularly the first half, the second half was a very different affair. But the first half was when the damage was done and, and it was a disappointing first 45, wasn't it? Yeah, very disappointing. Um, you know, you're going into the Brentford game on the back of two fantastic performances, two brilliant wins, you know, scoring goals for fun. But, you know, you're going to Griffin Park. Listen, they're a really, really good side, certainly at home. Well, they win six in a row before they played us or something like that, you know. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a tough game, but you, you just wanted, we all wanted us to, to perform somewhere near our best. And unfortunately, in the first half, I thought we started the game actually quite brightly for the first 15 minutes, you know, with nip and tuck, you had that cross from Ryan Manning that, you know, um, they don't deal with and forces a good save from their goalkeeper. But once the first goal went in, it was, um, it was pretty much one-way traffic to be fair and um, they go in a half-time 3-0, worthy 3-0, could actually been a few more. In a half-time, you're, you're looking at the, the game and you know Mark's going to be getting stuck into the boys at half-time, you know, because one, local derby, well below your best, you know, from an individual point of view for Mark, he's going back to a club that he's he's managed not so long ago, so pride would have been hurt, and so half-time was a big half-time, but you could, as they're trunging off the pitch, you, you could have feared the worst, actually, because uh, Brentford were running right and showed what a good side that they are. I suppose that would be the, the biggest disappointment of all was the reaction to the first goal, like you say, it was nip and tuck for the first 15 and 15 or 20 minutes, they go 1-0 up and suddenly they went up a level and, and we didn't. I think it's also the manner of the, 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 the first goal, you know, on 20 minutes or whatever it is, you know, I thought uh, we'd give a, an unnecessary free kick away uh, where we probably could have cleared our lines. Then, you know, you're set up but you, you get done by a, a little bit of movement and someone comes out of the crowd and puts them ahead. And as you say, the goal buoyed them, certainly buoyed the stadium and as I say, they started to, I think I said on commentary, you know, in that sort of 10, 15 minute period, they looked like they had a couple of extra players. They just played with a load of confidence, load of energies and 
I've got to be honest, and I, I don't like saying it, we couldn't cope for 20 minutes. Um, that's the the, uh, the nature of what I was seeing, and uh, yeah, hugely disappointing. Um, and Dom, the second half, we, we were a lot better in the second half. You could argue that the game was won from Brentford's perspective. They were 3-0 up, and they, they sat and let us have it in certain areas, but uh, the, the change was made at half-time with uh, Jeff Cameron pushing into midfield, Connor Masterson coming in alongside Hall, and it, it did have an impact, that change. Yeah, I think so. Um, Jeff really sort of took control of the midfield there, um, where perhaps we were sort of getting a bit overrun that first half. Um, and Connor slotted into the back line um, and did really well. Um, controlled the ball um, from the back and I suppose sort of, I guess, stemmed the, the flow. Like since said, there was a bit of a, an onslaught, an onslaught uh, a bit of a momentum change. Um, so I guess it was just yeah, a case of weathering that storm. Perhaps, like you said, Brentford may have... I thought the job was done, but I think we can take a lot of solace with the fact that um, the second half was so different to the first. Um, granted, we sort of can't afford to let ourselves get into situations like that, but um, I think the, the fact that we did come out and put on a, a good performance and, in effect, I guess, won the second half, if you like to, to think of it that way, um, yeah, I guess you can take a lot of confidence out of that from an otherwise unflattering result. And it certainly had a an impact on, on Mark Warburton's thinking because if you looked at his uh, his lineup for the Leeds fixture, he'd clearly taken on board what he saw in, in the second half at Brentford with Connor Masterson coming in alongside Hall and um, Jeff Cameron moving into the midfield alongside Luke Amos. Um, firstly, since is that the sort of game that you want? I know Mark Warburton speaking before the Leeds match said this is exactly what we want. We want a tough game to get straight back out there, straight back on the horse. You want a big test rather than someone you expected to be. As a player, would that, would that be your mindset as well? I want a tough one where we know we've got to be at it rather than any chance of us thinking that it's a game that we should win. 100%, That's, that would be my thinking anyway. And uh, I saw what Mark said and 100% agreed. You know, you, you play your local rivals, you've been below par, albeit yeah, a much better center, uh, second half. You want to get back on the horse as quickly as you can. You're playing the team at the, the higher echelons of the, the league. You're playing in front a nigh on full stadium. Great atmosphere. So I think it was a perfect game for us. You know, you don't want to be playing, or I didn't want to be playing when you've lost in the manner that you've lost against. Who you've lost against, I, I personally don't want a game. And it sounds a bit strange. I don't want what's seen on paper as an easy home game because People turn up at the game and they expect you to roll someone over. Mm. Uh, the atmosphere is a little bit flat, waiting for something to happen. Whereas I think everything for the Leeds game, even though they're a really, really good side, worked in our favour and our advantage. And, and credit to the credit to the boys, credit to Mark, got that reaction that we were looking for and a really, really good performance and a brilliant win. What were your thoughts on the changes he made? Um, Liam Kelly obviously came in between the sticks. Joe Lumley missed out with a neck injury. He wasn't in the 18. Um, Lee Wallace came in at left back and obviously as we mentioned Connor Masterson coming in um, for his uh, full league professional debut against a very strong Leeds United side, a, a baptism of fire you could say. Certainly was for young Connor you know but uh, delighted for him as a young lad you know he's, you think he's, his education where he's been the last few years you know he's, he's, he's come to QPR almost to to take a step backwards in his career and move forward. He's had to be really, really patient, you know, hasn't had a look in. Uh, but sometimes as a team or sometimes as a manager, you can, oh, 
stumble's not the right word, but you know what I'm trying to say. You know, you're forced into a situation where, due to injuries to other people, that you you almost forced to play somebody. And um, Connor against Swansea thought he was excellent, excellent when he came on the second half against Brentford. You know, difficult situation to come into, three 0 down. Game's gone. You know, everything to 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 gain in in, in many senses for Connor. And I thought he he. He showed some maturity, defended really, really well. And that 45 minutes, as well as the Swansea game, probably convinced Mark to um, to play him. I know Mark, I saw again his, his comments afterwards, and he, he toyed with the idea because of the enormity of the game. You know, leads the opponent, etc., etc. Because you can't put young kids in too soon, if you like. Mm. But I think you've seen enough in the, the previous game and a half to go, you know what, this kid can handle that. This kid's good enough. And uh, credit to Connor, he... he he, he went in against Leeds and was, uh, I thought, was brilliant. We'll catch up with him later on in the podcast. Don, we started the game against well against Leeds well enough. Abir Ayesi got down the left and looked to pull the ball back for, for Wales, but Casilla got there, Luke Amos had the shot, and then obviously we had the goal. Um, I think it's fair to say there was an element of fortune <laughs> with the goal, uh, but we did start the game brightly. Yeah, which is really encouraging um, after the Brentford game that we sort of did get on the front foot. Yeah, it was important we did yeah, that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we talk a lot about how we sort of struggled at times to put together complete performances, but it was good to see, I guess, uh, a different a different QPR in, in terms of we've seen the, the QPR that have come out and um, taken it to opponents and sort of ran away with the game. We've seen the QPR that have, I guess, um, come from behind and reversed momentum and sort of won games that way but it was good to see a, a game where we sort of had taken the lead early on um, and then uh, perhaps um, realised that we needed to, to take a different approach and dug in deep um, and I guess not too many times we've seen this season where we've played uh, not necessarily off the back foot but um, in the sense that we're up against a team who are going to come at us for 90 minutes can we stand up tall can we repel them but at the same time, still look dangerous enough on the counter-attack as well, which I think we did at times as well. So, um, yeah, it was pleasing to see that we carried on that strong start um, and, like I said, show, showed a bit of uh, a different side to what we've seen this season. Yeah, it's a good point. And there's not too many times this season where we haven't had the, the greater of the possession. That was the case against Leeds United. And I suppose it is a bit horses for courses in terms of how you approach a game with, with the, the way that Leeds play you want them to be forced to almost be putting balls into the box and going long because you feel you've got a better chance rather than giving them space to exploit with the number of talented, skillful players that they have. And it was a, an approach that certainly worked. Now, as I said, we were, I thought from the, the start of the game, I thought we, the first half we were the better side. Mm. thought we started uh, really, really well. You know, if you look at Leeds, good players, a good side. You know, talent all over the pitch, energetic, the way they play, close you down, don't give you a second, try and pen you in. But um, I think Liam Kelly made a save at the near post in the first half with his leg from Bamford. Bamford, when he's, for the first time, I thought Connor made a, a little bit of a mistake where he just got caught under the ball, maybe just a little nudge, and Bamford should probably do better. But I thought on the main, we went in 1-0 up. Probably just about shade in that first half, you know, uh, goal, we've, you've, you've spoke about it. and. Yeah, shouldn't be allowed, you know, uh, but what I would say on that, you, you, you take the rough with a smooth. Mm. Uh, speaking to someone within the club, there's a, there's a pile of letters in the office 
regarding referees saying might got that decision wrong uh, against us. So uh, uh, you know, don't moan too much when things go against you, uh, and don't gloat when things go for you. It happened. It was a handball. Shouldn't have been allowed, but it was. That wins us the game. Credit Anaki stays alive, tucks it in. But uh, but yeah, the second half, um, what pleased me the most, and I know Liam saves a penalty, and we'll come to that in a minute, I suppose. But uh, was the amount of balls we 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 headed. We had a proper defend. Uh, all backs to the wall, all hands to the pump. And I think I was saying in my summing up of the game in my analysis, you know, we probably uh, haven't seen enough of that. Uh, dogging us to really grind out and get a point. You know, we've seen the free throw in football, you know, we've seen the 50-odd goals we've scored, we've seen the the flair players on the team get lauded, and quite rightly so. What we haven't seen is a team defending like we, we did on the Saturday, putting your body on the line, and that was really pleasing. Nothing better than a 1-0 win. And like you say, don't gloat when these, these things go for you. I don't think I'll... Social media team got that particular memo. But uh, moving on into the, the, the second half. And while Leeds had a lot of the ball, Dom, they, it's not like Liam Kelly was forced into save after save after save. We were, we were standing up to, to the challenge in front of us. Yeah, for sure. They had a lot of possession, like Sint said. Um, but I don't think there were too many clear-cut chances that they created. I think we defended quite well. Yes, we were deep. Um, but we were... I suppose we, we, we pressed well, if that makes sense, when the ball um, was there to be won. We, we pushed hard to, to move up forward. Um, so it wasn't as if we were camped on our 18-yard box the whole time. It was just that um, we understood the threats that Lee's posed and um, I suppose, yeah, condensed things and made sure that um, we were comfortable enough with whatever they threw our way. So, like I said, it was, it was good to see us, um, you know, take a different path to victory. Mm. Um, uh, I think, yeah, at times we sort of need that steeliness and um, perhaps, I know in, in previous seasons where we're 1-0 up in those final 5-10 minutes, there's that feeling of, oh no, here it comes, here it comes. <laughs> but, I mean, even, even though we were sort of defending deep in those later stages, you never really sensed that Leeds were going to grab something. It was quite, I'm not going to say comfortable, but there was that feeling that we were going to hold on. So, yeah, great to see and hopefully we can um, produce few more of those performances um, later this season. And on to the penalty. Liam Kelly was very honest afterwards in terms of the, the penalty that Patrick Bamford won for want of a, a better expression. He said that he felt that Patrick Bamford had instigated the contact, left his leg there. He said, but on the flip side, if it happens to Naki at the other end, I'm hoping it's a penalty and I'm, I'm, I'm happy that Naki has done what he's done to win it. Um, it's just part of the modern game, isn't it? Whether that's right or wrong, yeah, that that's is right the or case. Wrong, it is the case, you know, and uh, I'm watching the game with 16,500 people, you know, to my naked eye, I thought initially it was a penalty. Yeah. Um, you know, just the way it happened, the speed that happened. Watching the back, you see Liam, he, and you're talking about not even a split second of decision. Mm. You know, Liam thinks he's seen the ball play through, he thinks I can get there. Probably realises just before that he can't. And for me, he definitely tries to pull away and yeah. that's where Patrick Bamford's quite clever yeah takes his momentum into him so you know uh, it's one of them Liam feels a bit ungrieved but um, you know, he composes himself and he makes a a really good save it's not the best penalty it's right in the corner but it hasn't really got much pace but credit to Liam one he's got to guess the right way two he's got to be agile enough to get right across and 
then then three get a strong enough hand to get it round the post. So brilliant save. Then from that, still get organised, still compose yourself, and to come and collect the cross that he did afterwards uh, just relieves, and you mm. you could sense the big gasp of relief around three quarters of the stadium. Yeah, that was a big moment from that resulting corner. He came, claimed it, and this big roar went up around the stadium. It reminded me of when we played Middlesbrough a couple of years ago, and we saved a, a, a penalty from the resulting corner. Middlesbrough scored, and it was like the elation of the penalty yeah. had maybe caused a, a switch off for the actual well, set piece. Well, that's the key. Once, once, you've, once, you've made a, once you've made a really, really good save or something happens, you know, it's, it's the next thing mm. you've got to deal with. That's the important thing. That's gone. Yeah. The penalty save's gone. You know, okay, let's get set up. Let's defend the corner. Let's defend the cross. Let's, if you're a goalkeeper, can you come and catch and, you know, just uh, take the sting out of everything? Brilliant. Um, at half time, um, the game against uh, Leeds, we're speaking with Paul Parker, who um, is doing a fantastic um, ride uh, for Prostate Cancer UK Football to Amsterdam um, to raise money for Prostate Cancer UK, which is fantastic. Uh, he's doing that in June. Best wishes to him. Um, and if you do want to sponsor him, all the details on qpr.co.uk. The reason I bring him up is. At half-time, we were speaking down the tunnel, and this obviously happened before Kelvin Phillips' tackle on Jeff Cameron. And Paul Parker brought up a certain tackle from a certain Andy Sinton on Paul Parker. And, oh, dear. <laughs> and uh, he said, that was a naughty one. And he oh. said, and he's my mate. So moving swiftly on from that... You, you, <laughs> Horrible you, tackle. You, you, <laughs> to wing us tackle, that's all I'm saying. You know, uh, and it wasn't one of my best mates. And if you haven't seen uh, it, get on YouTube. If you think Andy Sinton's a nice guy, he's got horrendous. the devil in him sometimes. <laughs> um, but the actual um, incident we're talking about is regards to uh, Phillips on Jeff Cameron. Um, I don't think there'll be any dispute about the red card. And Phillips has come out and apologised um, for getting sent off, apologise to, to the Leeds fans at least. Uh, what were your thoughts when, when you saw it at the time and afterwards? Uh, thoughts at the time and haven't changed. Horrendous challenge. You know, uh, this is not excusing Calvin Phillips. Calvin Phillips, for me, is one of the best players in the Championship. Mm. He's a Leeds boy. He's seen them miss out last season. He's probably seen them and as part of a little mini wobble at this moment in time. And that was probably just frustration, the way yeah. the game was going. It's getting away from him, but... No excuse on the, the, the challenge. He, he's lunged, he's late, he's high, he's out of control. And it's the type of challenge that can put a player, a fellow player, a fellow pro, out the game for quite a, quite a long period of time. Fortunately, he doesn't make a huge amount of contact with Jeff enough yeah. uh, to hurt him. And I, I gather Jeff missed uh, a couple of days. So he's been in the treatment room uh, for a few days. But uh, um, a, a poor challenge. One Calvin will look back and not be overly pleased or proud with himself and that you know we're not here to talk about Leeds but you know he's a vital player for them mm -hmm. uh, they need him he's going to miss three games but uh, no poor challenge and uh, fortunately I think Jeff's okay from it uh, and just uh, I know there's a, a lot of talk around um, Iberiazzi Bright say Samuel um, have been spoken a lot about lately and, and rightly so but Dom Ilias Chair is Quietly, I wouldn't say quietly going about his business, probably quietly because other players are, are getting the plaudits, but he's a, a, a vital cog in, um, in QPR's engine room, isn't he? Yeah, I think, I think probably he's my, my favourite player to watch. Um, he's always so energetic and busy and trying to make things happen. Um, and I think he works really well in that, I guess, front three with, with Bright and Abire. Um, I guess 
Bright less so, but Abire and, and Ilias, you sort of see them interchanging positions, so Ilias will come out, um, as they will come back into the middle. Um, but yeah, Ilias just gives you that, um, I guess, that energy that maybe a regular number 10 might not have. He has, like I said, that ability to play out wide as well. Um, and he's always looking for the ball. You, you sort of see him, um, I guess, whenever the, the, the sort of balls in that front third area, he's always, his head's on a swivel. He's, he's, he's wanting the ball. He, he, wants to, he wants to drive at players. Um, and I guess, yeah, we sort of saw glimpses of that last season, but I guess this is probably his first, um, first proper season as a, I guess, a starting 11 regular. Um, and I think he's getting better and better in each game, um, showing more maturity as well. Um, so I think, yeah, that, that front three is really starting to, to come together well. Just picking up on what Dom's saying there, um, and I agree with everything, but I think those three on Saturday, and Naki to, a, to a, a certain degree as well, they had to show a different side of the game as well, yeah. because we spent a lot of the time in the second half without the ball. You know, so Ilias has got a job to do, uh, central to the team. Ibere, you know, got a big, big job to do as Luke Allen kept bombing forward. Bright, uh, the same because uh, Leeds had made the change and put Alioski on, who's more attack-minded than what Stuart Dallas is. So you, you, you talk about the, the, the young players and those three in particular, like learning their trade. Saturday would have been a massive uh, learning game for them as well. You know, we all know what they can do with the ball. Ilias Chair is a fantastically gifted young player and is getting better and better and better. But as I say, the other side of the game, all three of them had to do that on Saturday to help the team uh, get a point uh, and backed up by uh, Naki defending from the front. So uh, a big well done to them all. And uh, Dom mentions the relationship between Bires and Ilias Chair in particular. And you think, while they are probably natural elements of it, they've probably been playing together for about four years because they've been playing at 23 football here for a couple of years before breaking into the first team. So it's that understanding that has actually grown through them both being at the club for a, a prolonged period of time. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're quite right in that, and that'll only get better the more they train and play with each other. You know, they're, they're good mates off the pitch. You know, I, I was at the training ground last week or the week before, and I came in, all three, three of them were around the table, tennis table. Before anyone says what the playing table tennis, that is two and a half hours after they've done all the training, by the <laughs> way. So, uh, but you know, that's that uh, togetherness, friendship, camaraderie, which is vital within a team, vital within a dressing room. You know, you're you can be pally, you can be matey-matey, but also once you get on the pitch, you can demand from each other. And I think they do. They want the best for each other. They want the best uh, for the team. And that goes right through the dressing room at this moment in time. And uh, just on the dressing room, what will that win over Leeds United do for that dressing room? Not just that, while the Brentford result was disappointing, over the last four games, a 5-1 win, a 6-1 win, and a 1-0 win against Leeds. That must give such an injection of confidence if there, there were any doubts in that dressing room. Well, what will do for the dressing room? I, I, maybe I'm a bit biased. You know, I, I think we're a good side. Mm. On our day, we're as good as most teams in the league. You know, there's only probably a couple that I think have been better than us over the course of 90 minutes. Yeah. You know, it's just getting the balance. I've said it time and time again, so I'm not saying anything new. It's getting that balance about the way we want to play. The, the free-flowing way uh, that we attack, the goals in the team, the creativity in the team, but also getting that balance that you have to defend, and you have to defend properly. We saw that on, uh, on Saturday, and long may that continue. 
And next up, we're going to be joined by Conor Masterson. Just before we are, while drilling goes on in the background here at Harlington. Um, before we are joined by Connor, you mentioned him briefly earlier. What, what have you made of him so far? We've only seen glimpses. There's a long way to go. He's, I'm sure you're going to say he, he's got a, a lot to learn, etc., etc. What are your early impressions of Connor Masterson? Been really impressed with him, both as a, as a, as a young player and as a, as a young man. You know, yeah. still learning his trade. I'm still new to it. You know, he's had a good education where he's come from. You know, if you're training in and alongside and around the likes of Virgil Van Dyke and you know Trent Alexander-Arnold and people like that, you know, uh, you should be picking up something. And not only the players, the coaches, habits, etc., etc. But Connor, as I said mm. before, he's probably took a step backwards to hopefully, for his career, propel him forward. Uh, the initial signs are good. I like what I see with Connor in terms of, um, there's a couple of instances the other day where we're under a bit of pressure and he probably wants to play out from the back, but he recognises the situation. He recognises if he does play and it's a bit tight and he gets caught, we might get punished. So he just goes whack, yeah. turns them around and he says, you know what, as a team, let's, let's defend again, yeah. Let's defend 80 yards up the pitch because they're not going to score from up there. That gives us time to reset, reboot, uh, refocus. So I like that about him. A couple of technical things I picked up on him. Um, you know, Cross is coming at the box. I think he gets his body into a really good shape where you can see the ball and the man. I think I see some centre-backs that they get closed so they can only see the the ball. So they can't see what's behind them and strikers and get a little run on the blind side across them. So that's probably something he's picked up in his education. But without getting too technical, without getting too carried away, he's he's made a really, really good start. He'll keep his feet on the ground because he's that type of young man. He's in good hands. Uh, Mark and the coaches and the club will manage him correctly. But uh, yeah, really, really pleased for him. And I see his reaction. You know, when we we win the game, mm. he, he he's sort of down on his knees just below me and he's <laughs> fist pumping. You know, and I think that's brilliant because there's a young guy stepped into the side and he's just delighted not only with his own performance and he should be. But the fact that these teams kept the clean sheet, I think that's I mm. think that's brilliant. And he was he was helped by the experienced players on the day. I thought Grant Hall on the day was magnificent as well, alongside him. Um, so yeah, but back to Connor. Really good start. Long way to go yet. Still learning, but signs are good. Absolutely. Well, let's be joined now by uh, QPR defender Connor Masterson. <laughs> Well, Connor, thanks very much for joining us on the Loftcast. Not a bad start to 2020 for you, is it? No, it's been a, a bit of a dream come true at the moment. Yeah, really enjoying it, and long may it continue. Did you set yourself any New Year's resolutions at the start of every season? I'm sure each player has a target in mind or an aim. At the turn of the year, you, you, you were yet to make your professional debut. Had you set yourself any targets for for 2020? Yeah, basically, I, I wanted to make my debut for QPR. I knew the, the cup game was coming up, the FA Cup, so I was, I was looking for you know a chance in that game and gladly it came along and here we are now. Talking well, it, it can't have gone any better. We'll talk about that in a moment, but just talk us through your, your career to date, if you like. You, you joined Liverpool on your, your 16th birthday. Um, that must have been a, a bit of a whirlwind for a, a young lad from, from Ireland to be travelling over to sign for, for Liverpool when he's 16 years old. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. My whole family, we all went over and we, we met with, at the time, it was Brendan Rodgers and, 
you know, he was really respectful and really nice to me, and it was just, it was just obviously an unbelievable time in my career. And I'm just, you know, really grateful to Liverpool what they've done for me. How did you find that 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 challenge at 16, suddenly having to to move country? Did did your family come over with you? Um, at first of all, I, I didn't actually. Move. I was about 14, 15. I was coming over every two weeks, but I was with my mum, and I was sort of settling in, and I was getting used to what how it worked and stuff. So that kind of eased. Playing in their academy. Yeah. So then when I came over on my 16th birthday, I knew what how it worked and what, what I was coming into. So it was that, that eased me into it. And it was, since it was, I really enjoyed it. I knew the family I was going into. Mm. I knew who I was going to be living with because there was a few other Irish boys at the time there. So I was living with them. So I just, I have to say, I was living the dream, as they say. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you went on to captain there under 18. So it was a... A, st a steady progress that you were making with Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was really enjoying it and I was, I was doing well. And I think when I was captain of the under-18s, I actually got on the bench for the FA Cup at that time. So, yeah, that was a big moment for my family and myself. So, yeah, it was, just, it was we were kicking on nicely. Yeah, mm. I, was, I was really enjoying it. And, yeah, it was, yeah, like you said, just carried on from there. And I'm at QPR now and really enjoying it. And just before we, we turn to that, the, the minor aspect of been on the bench in the Champions League quarter-final <laughs> against Manchester City, which must have been a, an amazing experience. And then later that month, you were also in the squad for the game against Everton. Yeah, this is back in April 18. So towards the end of the 17-18 season, you were really pro progressing well. You were expected to be on the pre-season tour ahead of the 18-19 season. Yeah. And then you suffered a, a knee injury, which sidelined you for, for two or three months. Yeah, basically that was it. Yeah, I was... Um like you said, the, obviously the Champions League night, that was, that was a crazy, crazy night. I'll never forget that one. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. But yeah, I got a bad knee injury. I was meant to go on the pre-season tour. And just sometimes that's just football, isn't it? You just have to deal with getting injured and setbacks. But when I look back now, I, some of the moments I had and, you know, training, I was like, it was, uh, what was it? It was about, I was training with the first team three or four months, I was. Every day I was up there, I became like part of the squad for that three or four months and I just loved every minute of it and I was just like, like I said before, it was just a surreal moment and it was dreams, it was dreams playing with these top players, these superstars and, but at the end of the day <clears throat> I needed to play first team football and that was the aim and that was the goal and I'm just loving being at QPR at the moment. Colin, can I just ask you about your injury here, you know, going back to the injury. Um, yeah. You know, because I think it's it's a real lesson for any young player that you know you're going to have setbacks and adversity come in your career. Uh, you know, you you're on the bench in the Champions League. You're on the bench at a massive derby game against uh, Everton. You're on the verge basically, but then something comes along that sets you back through no fault of your own. How 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 tough was that for for you as a young lad to have to deal with that? Yeah, being honest, at the start I was a bit I I was so gutted because. The last game of the season we played Brighton and I was actually meant to, yep. I was getting ready to come on for that mm -hmm. and just, I didn't know how to deal with it because I hadn't really had an injury yep. like that before and I just, I remember mentally uh, it was a struggle, it really was a struggle and I was always on the phone to my mum and dad yep. and I was onto the physios and I just, I didn't know, basically uh, I was worried, like I just wanted to get back, get back, yep. get back. But then, so the reason I asked that I think as a for any young player making their way in the game, you know, I think it's 
it, it's it's so hard. We spoke about it in the past, you know, with various. Uh, I've had mm. a son who's gone through the same sort of thing, you know. And as a as a youngster with your career ahead of you, it's so so tough. And it's important to have good people around your family, uh, people at the club, experienced pros that can help you through that time. Because I suppose you can get in quite a bit of a dark place, can't you? Exactly. Yeah. It's like you said. You need the you need your family around you. You need the physios, the the senior players, just to. Just to keep you going, keep you motivated. Yeah. Because some days I was going and I was like, "What? When am I gonna get? Yeah. When am I gonna get yeah. a bit better?" Because I could remember it was niggly, and I came back. I started to run, and then I had to come back out because it was still niggly at me, and it was just, it was just a very frustrating time. And obviously, I was on the verge of being involved with the first team, and it was just <coughs> I was thinking, "Oh my God, I can't believe this is <laughs> this is happening." Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then you get back and then you learn yeah, you to get deal. Through it, you yeah. get through it. At the end of the day, you do get through it. And now I'm just, I'm loving it here, really That's enjoying great. life again. So injury seems to be big behind you, which is great. I'm delighted yeah. with that. Did you see the chance to come to QPR as a chance to, yeah. uh, you know, develop, gain experience, play games, improving? So you've actually took a step back, push your career forward? Basically, the, the right words you just said there. Basically, I just wanted to come here and I, I and show what I can do and prove to myself, not just to others, but to myself that I can do it. And I wanted to, you know, and I'm really enjoying QPR. I have to say, since I've walked in the door, I know I've said it before, but like the group of people that I've been with, just it's just been top class, and I've re it's a proper family club, and I've loved every minute of it. Great. And the, the first six months, well. Obviously, you've been developing and yeah. learning under Mark Wall, but only natural that it's been frustrating because you're probably pulling at the leash to be involved, to be involved. Uh, you just had to show patience, haven't you? Yeah, basically. But I have to say, I, have, I wouldn't say, obviously, you're frustrated, but I wouldn't say I was unhappy yeah. because the way that people were treating me and they always were always keeping me involved and always, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing really well. And when I went to play with the 23s, the coaches were brilliant with me, in being Harley, obviously, and just... I just like I haven't. I wouldn't say I've had a day here and a half. Yeah. I'm not enjoying it. Do you know what I mean? I've I've enjoyed every day, and obviously now I'm I'm playing. It's just <laughs> I'm coming in with a spring in my step every day, and I'm just loving it. Well, yeah, yeah like you say, at the start of 2020 couldn't have gone any better. You, you probably had a fair inkling you were going to play in the FA Cup game. You played in that, had a very good game, and then you came on against Brentford which from a personal point of view would have been a pleasing, difficult situation to come in 3-0 yeah. down at the time. But then to get the nod for the Leeds United match, such a big game. Tony Lyson was on the bench, so he was potentially available for selection. Yeah. So to get that nod must have given you such a fillip for that level of recognition and for a game of that magnitude, regardless yeah. of the fact that it was then a win and a clean sheet. <laughs> yeah, it was. But obviously I knew this was my, my real chance if to state a claim in the team if you know did you I, enjoy putting that pressure on yourself almost yeah i did because i felt like if i i knew i could do it i always knew in my head i'm gonna do this even since i was young i just knew i'd do it and basically the game against leeds was that day and yeah it just went great didn't it obviously beating leeds united one nil and it was clean sheet and the fans just <laughs> were loving it it was just it was just a great day. I really enjoyed it. Man of the match topped it off. Yeah, it did. It did. It did top it off. I have to say, I'm grateful for the the votes. But yeah, it was a it was a team effort. Yeah. I think the way we just put our bodies on the line because they were near the end, they were pressing and pressing and pressing and trying to 
force a yeah. equaliser. But I just think we held strong and everybody showed good, good energy and good efforts. And yeah, it's just it was a great day. Prior to that game, the manager had suggested that you would be going out on loan, and it's, it's no disgrace. You look at the players in the team like Abira Eze, Ilias Chair, who've been out on loan to progress their careers. <coughs> After that game, he was asked if you'll be going out on loan, and his answer was, Mark Warburton's answer was probably not after that. <laughs> Things happened for a reason. He was asked to plug a gap, did really well, and you need to take the chance when it comes along. He was excellent, and the most pleasing thing for me was that he thoroughly enjoyed it. He loved it. So there is that suggestion there now that there's a, you've taken your opportunity and you've got a real chance of, of playing regular games, all being well, between now and the end of the season, which must be exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm grateful for the, the gaffer, obviously, and the coaching staff are giving me my opportunity. And I'm obviously, obviously them words, is just uh, mm. music to my ears. So long may it continue and I kick on and we get, you know, get a good few results and you never know what happens. Since what advice would you give to Connor? Obviously, <coughs> as we've said, 2020 started great for him. He said he came in, he wanted to prove to himself and he's certainly going the right in the right direction in terms of how he's performed so far. It is the infancy of his career, though. How would you? Um, what advice would you give to young Conor Masterson? Uh, the advice I give Conor is the same I give to any young player. You know, uh, keep working hard. Every aspect of your game. You know, every day, come in. You've already said. You know, uh, you're coming in with a smile on your face. You're buzzing. But, you know, come in wanting to improve. Mm. You know, whether it's your one v one defending, your heading, your distribution, your positional play. Um, listen to the, the experienced pros around you uh, mm. and watch and learn from them, you know, because they don't have 10, 12, 15 years of career just because it happens. There's a, there's a reason that happens and a lot of that's to do with off the pitch as well as on it. But you know, the biggest bit of advice, you know, is just, and you, you've said it, you know, enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. You know, you've gone through that injury. That's why I was asking you about it. You know, you've, you've seen the the lows, the, the the low side, the not so nice games, the lonely days where you've been in the gym on your own and you're not quite sure if you're going to get back to where you you want to get back. So enjoy every day. You know you're privileged, you're fortunate to do what you're doing. You know, 21. You've got a great future ahead of you, and uh, I and everyone at the club, including our fans, wish you all the best. Okay. Thank you, I appreciate that. And just a, a word as well for the, the fans, you've got a, a very quick rapport relationship built with the QPR fans. How much does that mean to you? Oh, it means a lot. I'm, I'm, de I'm just delighted I can give my 100% for them every week. Well, hopefully every week. Yeah. And I'll do my best, they know that, and I'm grateful for the, their support. Hope, hoping to be involved on Friday against Sheffield Wednesday? Yeah, I think so. So I'm looking forward to it, and hopefully we get another, you know, go to get to the next round. Mm -hmm. and see what happens you never know if you win get a decent team in the next round you're into the quarterfinals then exactly you never know what happens then you never know what happens in the cup games your parents have to get a season ticket on easy <laughs> they? <laughs> they might have to yeah <laughs> excellent Connor. listen thanks very much for joining us we'll, we'll let you go we know you've got a meeting we don't want you starting off on a bad foot with the manager so we'll leave you to it thanks for joining us thanks, cheers Connor. thank you All thank you Thoughts there of Conor Masterson. He's a, a very confident but but laid back guy, um, and uh, he's 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 got reason to be happy right now, hasn't he, with how things have started uh, in 2020 for him. Every reason to be happy, every reason to be delighted. But he'll know, you know, he's just at the start, and he's got to keep working hard every day. He's got to keep 
tapping into the coaches, tapping into the experienced players, you know, analysing his own game, watching clips back, see what he's done well, see what he can, um, see what he can improve on. But uh, no, delighted for the young kid. Really, really pleased. So, turning to Sheffield Wednesday, and it's a game that I'm sure he wants to be involved in, but whether he, he is or not remains to be seen. Um, the manager has spoken before about the need to use the squad when there are so many games coming thick and fast. Obviously, we've got Blackburn on Tuesday night after the, the game on Friday against Sheffield Wednesday and the, the trip up to Lancashire will take place on Monday, of course. Do you expect um, many changes? Um, Dom, coming over to, to you first, do you expect many changes um, for the game against Sheffield Wednesday? What's worth noting is we made six changes for the third round and you looked at the team and I suppose it's a recognition of of, of the, the strength of the squad, if you like, that those changes are made and you can, well, actually, there's an argument for the players that have come in to be starting a league game. So it's not like it's f fundamental changes and there's a weaker look to the side because of it. Yeah, I think there will be changes, but like you said, I think those changes will be players who, if they were to line up in a league game, you wouldn't blink twice yeah. about, um, about them being in there. I mean, you look at the players who didn't play against Leeds, you've got Tony, Tony Leistner, you've got Ryan Manning, um, Don Ball, Jordan Hugel, um, Jack Clark will be pushing to Jack make Clark, his first exactly. start. So you've got, you've got Pugh, players there, Mark Pugh. Pugh yeah. um, so you put those in a starting 11 for any other league game and, and um, you'd consider that a strong side. So I guess, yeah, a testament mm. to the sort of strength of, of, of depth we have um, at this point in time. So you'd imagine there'd be a, a bit of rotation. Um, but like I said, I think it'd still be a, a strong side and I think we should um, be confident of uh, progressing if if, like I said, we do uh, do field that sort of lineup, and Sheffield Wednesday are bringing three thousand fans to the game, so should make for a great atmosphere. And it's, I think, linked to the fact that we played so well against Swansea in the third round, it's um, caused a bit of a stir and an excitement. Looking forward to this game, I think both QPR and Sheffield Wednesday will openly admit it's not the draw either team wanted. I think when you, we're going into the, the next round of the cup, you either want um, a team from the Premier League or a team from the lower divisions to hopefully make it easier for you to progress. What you don't want is it to be playing a team that you've played numerous, numerous times. But that is the case for both sides. How do you think Sheffield Wednesday will approach this? Um, they beat Brighton in the third round um, and then had Leeds in the next game. And nine of the players that played in uh, the cup game against Brighton played against Leeds. So evidently it's a, a competition that Gary Monk is taking very seriously. Yeah, and I, I, I saw but that. But they've slipped out of the playoffs in recent weeks. Yeah, I saw that the last round against Brighton. They're really, really strong side. Um, how will they go for it? Uh, you know, they're on a poor run. Mm. Do you use the FA Cup? Do you use an FA Cup game to to get back to what they were until a month ago? Or um, do you use it to rest players and say they need a break because they've lost four of their last five league games? That's the other side of the coin, and that's why managers, you know... Um, how would you approach it? That was Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. You've lost four of your last five uh, league games. Do you go, right, lads, you need to have a bit of a break. Let's get our league campaign back on track. Or do you go, right, get out there and let's, let's get back, back to winning ways? If, but, it's, <laughs> if it's me, if it's me, I'd try and get back to winning ways. Yeah. So I would probably uh, go quite strong, uh, which he did in the last round against Brighton, which uh, they won, uh, kept the clean sheet. You know, they've got some good players, they've got big squad, so he'll, he'll probably change one or two things. But you know, if you look at their last result, five against Blackburn, I know there were circumstances with Mass getting sent off after 23 minutes yeah. or whatever, that probably 
uh, made that scoreline worse than what it what it was. But um, yeah, they're on a they're on a poor run. So I think they'll come to us strong with a view that they're going to try and win the game and they're going to try and progress. You know, three thousand fans. I played up there. Mm. Big club, big following. They'll their their fans will demand that they have a go at it. You know, they they won't want you playing a half a side and going out with a whimper. You know, they're paying their money. They're coming down on the train. They're putting mm. petrol in their car. They're packing coaches. So uh, they'll demand from their team. They'll demand from their club. So I'm expecting a really really tough game. But back to us, we made four, five, six changes against Swansea. Wouldn't know because of the the, the strength that we got. And if Mark does make changes, again, it's a, a, a it's, it's an opportunity. Expect that Conor Masterson, he got his chance against Swansea. Yeah. Didn't play against Brentford, but Mark probably saw enough of him against Swansea to say, right, second half against Brentford, this can't get any worse. So in you go, Conor, on the back of that, plays the other day, gets yeah. a man of the match performance. Mm. So there's there's all sorts of things go into the mix, but um, regardless of what team Mark picks, we'll be strong and we'll try and win the game. Um, Dom, Masalongo's red card overturned. Um, so your fellow Aussie uh, <laughs> available for selection, um, and uh, I would imagine he'd be keen to to be involved in this game coming back to QPR, wouldn't he? Yeah, why not? Um, I know he enjoyed a, a great rapport here with the fans, but I'm sure he'd be keen to, I guess, remind everyone what mm. what we're missing out on. Um, so yeah, whether or not he uh, he takes part, we'll have to wait and see. But I'm sure he'd be eager to to come back and. Um, do what he does best and, and pop up for those those goals in the box. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> written, isn't it? Um, just finally, since uh, Sheffield Wednesday's threats, where, where do they come from? All over the park, really. Uh, I know they lost Stephen Fletcher uh, a while ago with an injury. He'll be a big loss. Well, they have 12 goals before he got injured. But if you look at their side, you know, Jacob Murphy's a threat wide. Adam Reach, I really, really like as a player. You know, Sam Winnell. Uh, and if you look at the bench, you've got Jordan Ro Ro uh, Rhodes, goals in him, mm. wherever he's been. Uh, Nihu, who comes on and gives you that physical presence, if you like. So, uh, now they're a talented squad. But, um, let's say, they're going through a little bit of a rough period at the minute. We won't underestimate them, for sure. But it's about us. Let's get on the front foot. Let's take the game to where I think we're, we're best. And let's see if we can progress and have a good cup run. Great stuff uh, since, Dom. Thanks very much for joining us. And thanks for listening to The Loftcast.